Welcome to Pedal Sniffers episode four. Five. Five. Thank you for that late coming correction. (laughs) This is our power supply episode and it's late and I don't remember the number because it's been such a pain in the ass. Quite. Uh, We've been dreading this episode and part of the reason why we're a little bit late, uh, a week late to uh, our next episode. It's the entirety of the reason why. Yeah. Um, if you take, take a look at the spreadsheet, which you'll find linked in the episode resources on our website, pedalsniffers.com, you'll get a sense of why we've both been, you know, um, just inundated with data uh, paralyzation. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been tedious and arduous. I finished the spreadsheet uh, Friday, and yeah, so here we are. All right. Well, um, we'll explain in detail why it's in detail uh, when we get there. But I would say that another reason why we're late is uh, we plan to have a NAM episode. Uh, NAM is the National Association of Music Merchants. This is the Music Retail Industries trade show. There are two every year. One is Winter NAM in Anaheim, California, which is the big, giant, amazing show that you've if you've ever heard of NAM, you've heard of this show. And then in uh, July is the, or June, I'm sorry, late June, is the summer NAM in Nashville, which is like the low-key NAM. Uh, you could, if you were interested in seeing everything on display at winter NAM and you didn't want to spend 30 seconds at each booth, uh, in order to do so, it would probably take you three days to see everything. Uh, in contrast, at Summer Nam, you can pro- if you get there early enough, you can be out by lunch. Um, yeah, I, I you know I know that that me saying that probably makes you feel like uh, you'd love to be there, and you're probably right. I would, Tony. And, I, and I'm saying that as a you know uh, I guess a, a, a grizzled veteran of Nam shows. And some of the appeal is lost on me. Um, But truth be told, and you're speaking to that truth with the enthusiasm of a youngster, it's freaking amazing. It's so much stuff, and you'd love to see every single thing. Tony, if you don't want to go, I'll go instead. I'm fine. You know, that that may happen next summer. (laughs) That will happen. All right, so I, I gave you the sense of scale of the NAMM shows because... I simply wanted to explain that what I had planned to have been a NAM show that I had discussed all the amazing things I saw with David and we would fill a whole episode with was I came back with really nothing. Yeah, it was so, a little underwhelming even from a third person point of view watching on. There wasn't much as far as new releases, cool things. It was just kind of meh. Yeah, I mean, most people, most manufacturers save their, you know, save their good stuff for winter NAM. You know, it's this is a mid-year thing. We get it. It's cool that it's a low-key NAM um, because then there's other things that go on, and perhaps you do a little more socializing than you would otherwise. And Nashville is a pretty damn cool place to do that. For in. sure. And I do know, as far as things that were released, Kemper did release reverbs, which I understand is a pretty big deal, or are going to release some new reverbs. Okay, cool. Then you would see. Then you would understand exactly why I had absolutely zero interest in that. It isn't a pedal. I can't sell it. <laughs> it's true. Um, you know, it's like, what do I care? So, yeah, that was the only thing I was interested in, and I don't so, even have a Kemper. <laughs> so we had zero to talk about, um, with the exception of 
um, my appearance, thank you very much, at the Retail Innovators session during uh, breakfast at NAM. So in front of the big audience of people who decided to get up early enough to have breakfast at NAM, um, they interviewed me about Pedal Genie as an innovative retailer. And it was a bit nervous, I suppose, but everybody says it was good, and I got to talk about Pedal Genie. Did they video it? I have not been able to find a recording of such. It was live streamed at the time. On and Facebook? I looked and I looked for video, I think so. And I looked for video uh, immediately following the event, but I hadn't been able to find anything. Bummer. Yeah. I, I'm kind of both bummed about that, but also happy. I want to see that, it. <laughs> uh, well, our uh, work companions were there to witness, so you can uh, uh, inquire to them at some point. Did Tony the suck? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was on the top of my mind. So that was the highlight of NAM. Cool. So you ready to talk about power supplies? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. It's been so, a month of uh, pre-production in this episode around there. So what is like the biggest purchasing or like um, uh, education issue surrounding power supplies? What, what can, one word, what is that one word? What's the one word? Uh-huh. Is it isolation, Tony? That is the word, right? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> I want it to be isolated, but I don't know what that means. All right. Um, so when you've got your plug-in wall wart power supply, and lots of people call these one spots, it's one of those brand things like Xerox and Kleenexes that you don't want to happen. People take their one spot and they plug it into one pedal. That's your basic power supply. When you take a one spot and you daisy chain it to another pedal, you've created a power chain with power that is between the two pedals, not isolated. This can be good. Uh, I mean, this can be not bad is probably a better way to say that. It's a great uh, way to test pedals individually, I think. And you could, depending on the rig, say three analog, two analog drive pedals and a tuner or uh, analog delay, a drive pedal and a tuner on a little board would function perfectly with a reasonable uh, daisy chain. No reason to, I think, see anything in there. Throw a fuzz, throw a digital pedal, throw something else, you might have some issues, right? Absolutely. All right. So you've got your daisy chain. But now, what are those issues we're talking about? Um, issues involving isolation and pedals generally revolve around noise. We all hate noise, right? Noise is the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's, it's, I How wanna, about noise is the antithesis of music? Yes, it is. Which is funny, because really, we are making noise, but we hate noise. <laughs> it's unorganized sonic frequencies versus... You know, intended. It's like someone screaming versus someone singing really good. All right, all right, yeah, yeah, you got it. Disorganized versus intended. Yes. Um, man, how did we get off on that on power supplies? I'm really on a tangent here. Who knows, Tony? Who knows? All right. Um, we were trying to explain isolation and why it's important. So. You isolate your pedals' power from each other in order to reduce the noise potential in your signal chain. That's why. Yeah. 
Now, some of the cloudiness surrounding isolation is, how do I know if a petal is isolated? Assuming we want it to be something that we want, it's important. How do we know to look for it? What do we, how, how do we know something's isolated? I mean, it might say so on the package, uh, but we want to be sure that it meets our criteria, test, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, exactly. Is it actually isolated even though it says it is? Correct. Um, I don't really have a good answer for that. <laughs> um, due to the difference or the, the, the two uh, primary methods of isolation. powering power supply of isolation uh, using switching power supplies and transformered power supplies, um, we do know that um, continuity testing the grounds between an outlets between the power outlets on a on a power supply will definitely tell you that it is um isolated but the absence of that test isn't necessarily true mm -hmm. so i really don't have a, a full-on answer for you so yeah you just we're gonna yeah you have to <laughs> trust the uh Obviously, gonna, if you know what you're talking about and know what you're looking at, you would know if it's isolated or not. But most parts, most of us are just going to have to trust uh, what the, the manufacturers say. Yes. So what you're hearing from us is our advice based on, uh, say, uh, product experts and not electrical engineers. Yes. So um, we're going to trust the manufacturers in most cases and when you see some of the differences between the power supplies we're talking about and how they provide power, um, we can uh, solidly say that the ones we believe isolated are lo logically kind of like isolated. Absolutely. So, so that's a key factor. Um, like we said earlier, it's not the be-all, end-all. Just because a power supply isn't completely isolated isn't necessarily a bad thing, depending on the pedals you're powering and your rig as a whole. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind... Uh, allow us to present the Pedal Sniffers Power Supply Survey. Yeah! All right, awesome. So we've arranged this by branded model, obvious. Uh, price, also obvious. Um, dimensions, in inches, width, depth, height. Uh, dimensions are not super important, but can definitely be a limiting factor depending on the board you're trying to power. Yeah. In most cases, if you have like a medium-sized board, any single one of these power supplies will fit under it. Yep. Well, I guess only if we're talking about something small, well, yep. you have to take into the take into consideration the power supply size that you are uh, interested in. Um, when you power them, we wanted to know if the pedal was uh, with took switchable voltage, uh, also known as like worldwide voltage, uh, using 110 in the U.S. and 220 and uh, other things in between around the world. Yep. Uh, that's a yes or no question. Um, interestingly enough, the only ones that aren't are the ones that are made exclusively in the USA. Which is only two. Then that's not to say that they don't make ones for the other markets. It's just that they have individual models yeah. for those power supplies. Voodoo which Labs is and Walrus in particular. And I know Voodoo Labs makes uh, other... Other versions of it um, available for different countries, but I'm not sure, sure about Walrus. 
Correct. That's my um, assumption also. Um, then we wanted to know if it had a courtesy outlet. This is an extra plug for a uh, another AC plug to plug into your power supply, usually to, say, daisy chain another small pedal board or power some brick for some uh, pedal that had some crazy-ass power requirements. I have used my... Uh my uh, courtesy out to power my Strymon Ohi from my uh, Voodoo Labs Mondo because even the Mondo does not have enough power for my <laughs> ginormous power or ginormous <laughs> pedal board. Exactly. Uh, courtesy outlets are cool. Uh, again, not a necessity, but might be a really, really good convenience for you depending on your rig as a whole. For sure. Um, there aren't many that have it. Um, but the ones, like I said, it's a factor and, and a few of them are our top picks. So, um, then the biggest part of the spreadsheet is made up of the trying to identify the power configuration options for the power supply. They all provide nine volts, but then they all provide other voltages like 12 or 15 or sag voltages for less than nine volts to simulate batteries all the way up to 24 volts in some of these things. So, uh, each column in the spreadsheet is a unique configuration. Um, for example, 9-volt only versus 9 to 12-volt switchable versus 9, 12, 15, 18-volt switchable. Yep. Uh, all of those are unique configurations. And in some cases, we have multiple instances of that same configuration because it differs by the milliamps provided to that section. Yep. One power supply might have six outputs at 100 milliamps, but two of them at 200 milliamps. So all of this, all of these individual columns in the spreadsheet so we can do some, like, cool pedal sniffers math. Uh, yep. Um, all right. Have you ever had a dream that... What is... It? And, 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 and... You want him to do you so much you could do anything? We derive at this score. So the score is essentially... It equates to how much power per dollar that has like it's power capability in general so that's like the uh the output per dollar nine volt output per dollar and the milliamp per dollar put together so essentially it's how much power per dollar that pedal has now my gripe against it was that i kind of think that's a little bit skewed because i think maybe the amount of outputs might be more important than the milliamps because well all right then then allow me to explain precisely the score. <laughs> I like the score. And after we talked, I, under, I, I agree with you. I think it's a cool thing. So here it is. Here's, here's how they are weighted. They are equally. The total amount of amperage of the power supply is equally weighted to the number of outputs of the power supply. Because we wanted to numerically rank the power supplies that favored ones with high current and favored ones with a multiple with more outlets and then we wanted to favor them by lowest price right the ideal power supply has unlimited amperage unlimited outputs and cost nothing <laughs> so what's the best thing in between those options well, for sure um let me pause to a minute though and explain why we or actually you uh, why do we feel high current is important? Why is that a, a choice decision factor? Um, so, I, well, first of all, what would we consider high current? I think I think it'd probably be three hundred and above. Yes, that would be my 
Yes, also. 300 above. So for a majority of uh, modern digital pedals, it's a necessity. And um, on many boards, there's more than one. So these high current outputs are a necessity for anything like a timeline, any of the striving stuff, any of the eventide stuff, any um, a couple of the Quaker pedals that take 400 milliamps. Um, and in the world we live in, a, a high current uh, output is very important for many of the pedals you will see on most people's boards. So it's become kind of a benchmark to kind of gauge what the importance or the uh, usefulness of a power supply might be. And in the case of some of these power supplies, they might have a lot of outputs, but some of them are, might not even go up to 200 per se. Correct. We've got a few power supplies on the list whose who's, uh, uh, volume of outputs uh, you know, doesn't live up to the... Um, uh, milliamps output produced yeah it's scared it's it's a curious thing um all right so so we so in general the more high output current the more high current outputs the better the more outputs the better and the cheaper the better right okay so to that end the score is comprised of the following mathematical equations um statisticians and whatever can uh email me comments but this is what i got big words Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so we've taken the um, total. Um, first, I need to explain that we are only in our calculation taking the nine volt ca- ca- nine volt capable outputs. So if an output has a nine volt output, but is also switchable to nine to twelve, it counts. If it's switchable nine twelve fifteen to eighteen, it counts. But if it's switchable only to eighteen or twelve or eighteen or only fifteen or only something that's not nine. I'm not counting it in the formula. So this is because, David, how many pedals use 9 volts? All of them for mm, most part. Most of them. For example, <laughs> like I, I don't think there's many. Um, if we're talking about like a modern or like a current pedal, I can't think of many that run on anything but 9 volts. I have a board comprised of 16 pedals, I believe. Every single mm-hmm. one of them, 9 volts. I don't use a single 12-volt, 18-volt, or 24-volt uh, spot. All right, so then it's a, so then it's somewhere between most of them and all of them. Yes. <laughs> so that's exactly why we chose to only count the nine volt outputs. Now, when you've got when you happen to have one of those oddball one percenter or less pedals that don't take nine volts or can um, take more, or, right? Or can um, you'll want to pay attention to the other capabilities of that power supply, um, but. Uh, disregarding that it's we're really concerned with the total number of nine volt outputs plus um we wanted to have the total number of uh current offered by this power supply um so the math is as follows the total number of nine volt outputs um divided by the price or is it the other way around (laughs) Uh, that gives us basically uh, outputs per dollar, and then we have the um, total number of milliamps uh, per dollar. Mm-hmm. Those two values multiplied give us a score. And yeah. in this case, the way that the math works, the lower the score, the better. Yes, so it's like golf, which is boring, <laughs> just like the score is a little bit. <laughs> All right, so I think the best way to help explain the score is with an example. So we will take the highest 
scoring and thus worst performing by score power supply on the list as an example. And we also get to explain isolation at the same time. So the T-Rex classic tone, no, not tone trunk. What's it called? It's (laughs) the uh, Goliath. Or sorry, the classic. The classic. classic. The The T-Rex classic is a 179 reasonably priced power supply. Uh, with what it bills as nine uh, outputs, eight of them as eight hundred, eight of them uh, that share five hundred milliamps, and therein lies the difference on this power supply. Um, since these eight outputs are not isolated, we treated them as one output in the formula. Yeah, um, and you'll see that in the spreadsheet indicated by a number in parentheses following the value that we used. Yeah, it was something I was a little confused about until I was talking to Tony when uh, making the spreadsheet because it looked almost as though it had eight 500 milliamp 9-volt outputs, which would be an outstanding uh, outstanding value for money. But in, in really, the, uh, in all reality, it's eight outputs that share 500 milliamps. Um, that would also be, uh, I guess, an obvious flag to point out to people that, hey, if your power supply says these outputs share any amount of current, well, by virtue of them sharing, they are not isolated. The actual so, term I did see is uh, they share the same ground. That's, that's so, correct. That's what you want to look for. Now, you may have a power supply that has groups of, groups of outputs that share uh, current. Yeah. Um, and those groups would be isolated from each other, you would assume. Mm-hmm. And some chalks have, like, some of the chalks power supplies have a few instances to where they have not the entire, like, not like eight outputs uh, to the same ground, but like one or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and again, indicated in the spreadsheet by the groups um, that we're talking about. So that has an abnormally high score for this spreadsheet. Um, because of that. It takes a nine output power supply and it treats it as a two. Um, Now, by the same token, you would think that, okay, how about the one with the most outputs, which is the Phoenix uh, from Walrus. And while it does have 15 outputs, its total milliamp output gives it a score um, a little higher than some of our best options. So you get a feeling of how the thing weights, and maybe that helps you explain the score better. Mm-hmm. And it, it, even that being said, it only has four high uh, milliamp outputs. Which... Oh, um, correct, correct. But I, I nearly forgot the other, the other perfect um, explanation for the score, and that's the True Tone 1 spot itself, which has the lowest score possible because its single output has a very high current at a very low cost. Yes. Uh, so it has an abnormally low score. Um, that being said, it is a wall wart, and um, without daisy chain, it can only power one pedal. For sure. All right. So hopefully, uh, now that you understand the score, um, our descriptions of the pedals on this list now might uh, become clear to you. For sure. Um, so, so starting at the top, uh, the BBE, the BBE Supercharger Supercharger at ninety five dollars is a solid pick. I I agree. I I think it's a it's isolated. Um, it doesn't have any high milliamp outputs, but um, 
for a starter pedal or sorry, a starter power supply. Um, I think the individuals it's targeted at won't necessarily even have, be able to afford or have the pedals that would require such a such a high milliamp rating anyway. If if you don't need any high current outputs, it's the best thing at the price point, probably at a hundred bucks. It's 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 a solid option. All right. Um, then we've got a large variety of Chox power supplies. So. Um, as far as variation in um, voltage outputs available and like different kinds, um, if you have weird pedals that take weird power, chocks are probably the ones to look at because you have they men- have the most switchable options. It looks like yeah, and you have um, many of them have variations of different voltages of AC. I think they're the same as uh, the other. So you have like a nine, twelve, and eighteen volt AC option on a couple of them. Oh, let's well, let's mention that real quick because we haven't talked about that at all. Uh, some power supplies do have AC outputs, which are even rarer than non-nine volt DC pedals. But they're the pedals that require AC that you put on your board are almost as rare as well. Yeah. So if you have one of those, you need that. Pay attention to that column because there are only a handful of power supplies that offer uh, AC outputs. Um. Now, in the Chalks line, um, our biggest gripe with the entire brand is... RCA jacks. Yes. The cable that connects between the power supply and the pedals is not the pedal connector on both ends. Instead, it's the pedal 2.1 millimeter barrel connector that you're used to seeing with an RCA plug on the other side. No. You may um, actually, when I was thinking about this, it almost doesn't seem like a super big deal. <laughs> but when you have other power supplies that are not the same thing, it's you can't just simply move over a power cable. That's, and that's, also, that was ex- they, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say that's exactly the thing that I was saying. You just can't intermingle. But if it's your only power supply, it's probably not a big deal. Yeah. But what, but what was your other concern? Um, and then replacing them. Um, but again, uh, I, harder I'm, to harder to find, less common. Yeah. Right? It's, it's in general, and 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 also kind of not super expensive, but. Only one of these is rated highly in our score, and um, they're, I think they're mid to high tier prices for what you're mm-hmm. getting. Um, they are made in Germany. Um, I don't, uh, and to be honest with you, a lot of the information on some of them are, is a little bit cryptic as far as finding out where to buy them, what they really can do. There's a few that we did not even list because. I couldn't find anything, at least in America, where you could get them. Gotcha. They do have a really good form factor For uh, sure. in most cases. Um, uh, pretty low height, nice proportions. Um, but yeah, man, that RCA thing kills me. Uh, I kind of can't get past it, even though one of them is my top pick. It's like my one reservation against it entirely. Um, <laughs> then we've got uh, Decibel 11. They've got some solid entries. Um, they're, I guess, in a way, uh, they're at the end of our list. But everybody who anybody who knows power supplies knows uh, Voodoo Labs, and the Decibel Elevens are, you know, relative. Uh, I don't want to say clones, but you know, they're relative. They're made in the mold of the Voodoo Labs. Yeah, power they're supplies. they're very similar. Are actually, I've not looked at the prices comparatively, but I think they're they're not far off. Yeah, they're 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 a solid entry. Uh, Friedman 
we have their single power supply, the Power Grid 10 on the list. It is a solid, solid choice. Um, MXR, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about MXR, about these two power supplies in our uh, uh, pre-production. Um, the MC403, you may not have seen. It's kind of an odd bird, um, but you've likely seen the MXR isobrick everywhere. Yes. Um, and not to be confused with the MXR DC brick. Which is not isolated. While the MXR ISO brick is. is. <laughs> so uh, even though it uses a wall wart and this uh, litmus test that we've you know come to be mostly true, uh, even though it uses a wall wart, internally the uh, outputs inside the ISO brick are isolated from yeah. each other. Yeah, we, we probably took... Between the two of us, probably an hour make of uh, making sure that was true, <laughs> just because of uh, a few. Well, our one of our coworkers has had issues with one, and then just it, the manual being kind of cryptic and whether or not it's isolated. Um, even with uh, that handicap, uh, it is a good value and scores super well on our scale. Um, my my main gripe on. This power supply is, I, I think it's either two or four of the outputs have a linear pot to change the voltage. Which yeah, two, of your, two of your outputs have a 9 to 15 volt adjustment, and you're saying that the knob is, too, is, is not useful because it has the wrong taper? It scares me because I'm worried <laughs> of... Your board, uh, if you're anything like me, you move your board a lot, and sometimes there are things under it, oh, um, etc. Yes. Okay. And then, physical movement of the knob. Yeah, and those that you could accidentally move the knob and then ruin a pedal, potentially, which would be awful. So it really should be a dip switch or... Um, uh, or uh, like a set screw, where you need a screwdriver right below the surface to uh, absolutely. adjust it. Absolutely. It. It's, it's just too easily moved, in my opinion. Right. Um, so Understood. That's something to watch out for with that one. Cool. Um, pedal train, uh, lone entry, the powertrain 1250, um, again in the mold of voodoo lamb, solid, um, choice, but did not score well, um, mostly due to its low current. Yeah. Total current. Oh, and like the, uh, what is it? The T-Rex classic, it has, uh, four, uh, oh, yeah, nine volt no, outputs I, chained to... Chained together with the total yeah. 500 milliamps between them all they share. Exactly. That's yeah. That that exactly explains why their score is and, not. So yeah, great. and really, uh, the the make it simple. All that is is a glorified daisy chain, and not a very high current one at that. No, not at all. All right. So, a relative newcomer to the world of power supplies, um, Strymon introduced the Ohi and the Zuma last winter. Nam. And they've been solid choices ever since. Um, they're a little pricey, but they are excellent values because of the total and high current per output they offer. They are extremely powerful. Um, I've seen a couple of videos too, as far as noise goes, in comparison to my my probably arguably my overall my favorite brand, Voodoo Labs, and they're just in general with some pedals, they are absolutely quieter than um, some. Some. I would give the you know my my trust issues the benefit of the doubt with a company like Strymon because they're building these power supplies specifically to power their own pedals. 
So given the engineering that goes into their own pedals, you can be pretty certain they're going to take this shit pretty seriously. Yeah. I've had a timeline on my board for almost four or five years, and it's not gone wrong at all. And um, anything that has gone wrong as far as it's been like the hardware because I messed it up just through wear and tear. But the internals of it are absolutely rock solid. And I doubt the Strymon power supplies will be anything different. I've had my Ojai for six months now, and it's been rock solid. Awesome. Uh, T-Rex, um, a, a let's call it a disappointing showing as a whole. Yeah, I always um, kind of like them. S- they're solid quality German units, um, but they, German, right? <laughs> it's either Dutch, German or Danish. Any, yeah. Denmark. Oh my God, I don't know. I should it's shut my mouth. It's not American. <laughs> it's not American, Tony. I, I, I feel like they're well engineered. Um, the problem is, is that uh, they lack high current they lack isolation in most cases and the one that does have five 450 outputs happens to be three hundred dollars <laughs> so you know they don't they don't in fact none of them are amongst our picks um to contrast with true tone the maker of the one spot as a whole the, probably the highest scoring oh well, i should say the lowest scoring or, but <laughs> as a whole, scoring? the best. Yes. as a whole, the best scoring brand in general, for sure. Um, I I didn't I wasn't necessarily aware of them in this way, but the, my research has uh, shown that they're super solid choice, and the scoring uh, backs that up. Uh, I agree. Um, I will say, in comparison to Voodoo Labs and and a lot of the reviews I've read, um, they're a little a little bit less. Um, reliable um and that's just a tiny bit that just has to do with uh voodoo labs having many more and that's just that's just anecdotally right yeah, that's just, that's just, it's history. anecdotal they don't have a history voodoo labs is it's just overall a little bit better rated but even that being said the true tone stuff seems to be absolutely rock solid and a great option especially for the price the uh the cs12 is 180 and it's like it powers pretty much as much as the Voodoo Labs Mondo will, and that is two forty nine. Yeah, it scores very high. Um, that's not even the best one of the bunch. Um, the CS seven is uh, has an even better score, um, fewer outputs in total, but uh, more current for sure, um, and a super nice uh, form factor. No, I'm sorry, that's the CS six. It's nearly it's nearly as well scoring brother that has the low profile form. They're roughly around the same size as the Voodoo Lab stuff. Yeah, well, ex- uh, uh, but except for the CS6, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. half the size, that half is, the that size is low profile. Um, oh, which, really quick, we need to go back because the Strymon stuff is really low profile. Um, all right, we'll get to that when we talk about the Ojai. Cool, because it being one of our top picks, the size is one of those reasons. <laughs> True. Um, that leaves us to Voodoo Labs. Uh, you said the granddaddy thereof, and I think they've almost invented the power supply space for yeah. pedals. They're probably, um, I, w- I would equate them to the boss of power supplies. Uh, yeah, I would. that's an excellent comparison. The Power 2 Plus is their, has been their most popular model, um, but you can see that it actually doesn't score really well here, really because, only because it doesn't provide as much current as nearly all our other picks. Yeah, and I think we've actually, I've, we both ran into issues when building boards with people who had this power supply because it just doesn't quite have enough power. They were great for the power 
they, those power spots were great for the board they had, but now they have two Strymons on there. They have other things that are hungry that this just can't do without sacrificing too many outputs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all right. You know, you got to throw these things in there when they happen. Um, I, I don't want to say with absolute certainty, but with 99% certainty, any of these power supplies will function with a current doubler or a voltage doubler cable. So... I have you used can, one in the past. <laughs> you can keep in mind that if a power supply is perfect for you, except for this one reason where, like, say, you need 18 volts and it doesn't have it, or you need way amounts of current for just this one thing, uh, using a current doubler or a voltage doubler adapter will could get you there and solve your problem. So keep that in mind. For sure. All right, so last is the Walrus Audio, Atos, and Phoenix um these have been perennial um favorites around our place for a while they score pretty well um i we put them in the second tier medium scoring medium tier um they're uh the phoenix is their virtue alone of the fact that has 15 outputs it's the most of any power supply here but only four high outputs correct but still 15 outputs i mean that is true i don't think i (laughs) do i have let me look at my board real quick Never mind, it's in the case. I can't even think. But I don't think I have more than four high milliamp required uh, pedals. And none of them, I believe, are actually over 300 milliamps. So uh, the Phoenix does have a downside, and that is its length. Uh, it's also relatively tall. I mean, at 10 inches long, it's, I think, the longest power supply on the list. Uh, no, it's beaten by the Chocolat, the Mondo's which is longer. super long. The Mondo's longer. Um, the Mondo is longer. Ten, oh, wow, it is. 10.7 inches. You know, it's the uh, proportions of the Phoenix because it's uh, it's it's more square. Is it taller, though? It isn't, actually. I was just thinking that, but it's 2.6 times 2 as opposed to 3.4 times 1.8. So it's more square. So it makes it look taller than it really is. Well, it, it, um, it, no, it is taller than the Mondo. For sure. Um, its size is uh, one of its downsides. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then the Atos uh, is great at eight outputs, but also is limited uh, by current, having only two 300 milliamp outputs. Yep. Um, so that is the list in general. There are obviously a lot of things that we've left out. Um, almost always we like to exclude uh, import clones and things that are a generally questionable nature. Yeah, glorified daisy chains, which we do have a few of, but like there, there, there's quite a things, few things we have left out. Um, there's many power supplies, actually, particularly in uh, Chalks and then actually a couple other brands that I saw that do not have things you can buy or release yet so that we have yeah. not included. So if you're a U.S. consumer specifically, um, this is pretty representative of, of what, you can get. What, what the market is. Um, and like David said, with actually less of the chalks available than you'll probably be able to find. Um, with that, um, David, what are your favorite pedals on this list? Power I mean, supplies. Power <laughs> supplies. I forgot. We're not power supply sniffers. We're pedal sniffers. Um, I guess I'll go with brand more so than – because I think the brand overall, they, each brand is going to pretty much be the same throughout the power supplies as far as reliability, um, the capabilities, and features – Apart from it's just an expansion as you uh, move up to the bigger power supplies, but um, we're talking about individual 
power supplies, I'm just going to go with what I have because they are my favorites. Um, the Voodoo Labs Mondo, I love. Um, it's a very high scoring. Um, um, power <laughs> Low supply. Scoring. It's a close one. I actually, <laughs> even that being said, I think when we sorted it differently, it was around seventh place. Um, um, yeah, the, uh, just, uh, sorry, heads up the score. The, f- the first tier of score is anything less than 2.0 is tier one and anything less than 3.0 is tier two. And you'll see that on the color coded by the spreadsheet. So, but yeah, price wise, it's right along the lines cause, uh, of where it needs to be. Um, Voodoo Labs is kind of the benchmark to where prices are normally at for power supplies has, uh, ton of outputs um one of my main things i look for in pedal uh, power supplies is that every single output is able to run nine volts because i have no use for something that has let's say 10 outputs that do nine and then another two that only do 12 if if they're going to do something differently i would prefer them to be switchable as it makes that power supply more useful in the long run if i were to change things out or want to run something differently um, which the which the Mondo does do. So that has met all my criteria. It's large, um, which is technically a downsize if you have a smaller board, but I don't know why anyone would use a Mondo to power a smaller board. It's kind of for the <laughs> larger boards like what I have. Um, so as far as how reliable, reliable it's been, it's been very reliable. I have no issues. It's extremely quiet, quiet isolated. It run... Um, it runs fairly cool. I guess that would matter. It has a fan in it, mm-hmm. um, but it's been it's been rock solid ever since I bought it, probably four or five years ago. Um, and then my other pick would be all the Strymon stuff, um, and then that's just because of the milliamps. Um, it's it's interesting that we would talk about Strymon is for value for money because actually, from how much power they can provide, it's it's a really solid choice. Um, yeah, they do exist on the on the mid to upper tier of the pricing, um, but they represent a great value. Um, and then on top of that, just the form factor—it's I, I think you can fit them in any any board you're going to find. Um, even with some of them that do require the brick, it's they're they're short enough as far as how as far as how tall they are to be mm-hmm. able to fit under any board. Um, I love my Ohi, um, the 500 milliamp. Outputs. I think I actually powered every single one of my high output pedals from my Ohio just because I know it's going to do it. Uh, the Strymon stuff is really cool because of how uh, modular it is, um, sharing the 24 volt connection between uh, linkable power supplies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, my one thing is though, um, they end up being more expensive in the long run when you need more outputs. Um, if you don't want to daisy chain, because you could daisy chain a bunch of uh, analog drop pedals together. I sure, prefer five, not. Five hundred milliamps is enough to power two, three, maybe four pedals. Yeah, for sure. Um, I prefer to stray away from that. I like each pedal have its own output, just for absolute guarantee that I'm going to be isolated and quiet. Um, that being said, uh, the Zuma at two fifty does not have, in comparison to all the other pedals, uh, power supplies in that range, it has three or four less outputs. 
Yeah, it doesn't have enough outputs to power the biggest boards. Yeah. So and uh, when you add the when you add say an Ohi on top of it, now you've spent four hundred dollars. Yeah. Um. I, I I do know the expansion kits are less. Um. That's my one gripe. Is that when you need more, it gets a little expensive. Um. Yeah, I so will you're, also you're, say if my Mondo ever went down, I'm buying Zuma. So <laughs> I think that that says a lot. All right. Here's what I think is super interesting about 24 volts. Um, and it's going to veer slightly off topic. Um, we are big proponents, you and I, of uh, patch bays on your pedal board. Uh, moving all your jacks to a singular location so that setup and teardown is easy and your uh, cables that run to your amp or to offstage can be bundled together. The... Um, logical conclusion of that streamlining is to also include power in your cable bundle or in your snake. Um, I would love to do that, but I am always hesitant to bundle AC power lines like the extension cord to my pedal board with my audio lines. I think that's just asking for trouble. For sure. Um, But what you can do with the Strymon supplies at 24 volts is uh, run the 24 volt cable in your power snake. Um, Ooh. Putting the power supply brick or uh, modular at the um, back of your rig, running 24 volts in your pedal board snake, and then having all of the uh, DC happen, the outputs happen at the pedal board. So if your ultimate goal is, you know, a single-ish kind of plug or the easiest plug harness possible to connect your pedal board in one fell swoop, um, that's one way to get it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even think of that. That's a, that's a, that's a super cool idea. Uh, thank you very much. I get one of those every once in a while. <laughs> um, so the Strymon stuff is great for being modular and for offering all the high current and the uh, ability to... Uh, I also, in the module um, realm, I do want to mention chalks because... Um, their link series are all technically modular as far as being able to connect together. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, with the exception that you're chaining them via AC plugs um, rather than and not some other DC. Yeah. Yes. Um, that also reminds me of um, there's a new Voodoo Lab product that we did not put on the list, and that is, I think it's called the Times Four. And it is um, similar in construction to the Strymon Ohi with a much larger power brick and a small, low profile four or five output uh, box. I didn't even know about that. So I think it's $99, um, which would make it a great value. And uh, now that we're talking about it, it's, it's uh, lack of appearance on the spreadsheet is important. So uh, now that we've talked about it, I will try to get it on the spreadsheet before we release this episode. I, didn't know, I did not even know that existed, Tony. Yeah. That's, um, that's I, cool. you know, I think it's a direct answer to you know, Strymon's evolution of the power supply in the market yeah i Um, I think that was a actually that was a pretty big leap in tech not i I guess i guess i could say technology they're just extremely powerful and uh, it signals the market change in let's call it the industry standard power two plus of the past with the newly necessary standard of more high current outputs that the zuma represents oh yeah and you can also see rather like you're getting more powerful technology with a smaller footprint. Sure, sure. I mean, I guess you also just have to think that the PowerPoint 2 Plus design is, is outdated. pretty old. It really is. Well, 
Well, let's not call it outdated. Let's just call it old because it doesn't not work anymore. Oh, yeah. It's just old. It's just really big <laughs> and not quite as powerful as we need anymore for a, a, a vast section of the pedals out there. All right. So you ready for my picks? Um, yes. <laughs> you should be more ready than that. Damn it. Um, my, I mean, my favorite one here, and it's not even out yet, um, and with a significant defect of those freaking RCA plugs, is the Chalks Eventide Power Max. This is the revision of the power supply that Chalks previously did for Eventide, the Power Factor 2. It's much bigger. Uh, yeah, so this one is nice and low profile, one inch tall. Um, seven outputs isn't a lot, but it's plenty for most boards that, for, for, uh, up to the you know uh, larger boards and perfect for smaller ones that have lots of pedals. Yeah, and each um, one's six hundred and fifty milliamps. <laughs> ridiculous amount of current on seven outputs that are switchable between nine, twelve, fifteen, and eighteen. You wanted configurable options, but always nine volt. You got it, brother. I like. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I, I actually, it, it's probably third place for me, just because nothing else beats it as far as milliamps features and. Uh, I, I, its value is exceptional, but the RCAA plug thing is just kind of. It just <laughs> if it's your, I, I'm going to say if it's your only power supply, you're probably okay. It's not a big deal. Have some spare cables. Um, the availability of the cables for U.S. people might, you know, be a thing. Look, it's not impossible to make, you know, to cut up an RCA cable and a regular kind of Voodoo power cable and make yourself two of them. It's not impossible. It's not like some proprietary plug that's inaccessible. No. Um, it's just less available. It's, so you got to keep that seems, in mind. I, we never looked into why they do it, but it, it just blends the question. is like, why are you making it's it It's the so only hard? brand, the only brand out of everything on here that uses a different connection. Everyone else uses the same. They've used something different. Yeah. And it, it's not, you know, it's nowhere on their website. I spent hours on their website. Does it like clearly stay or like we use RCA plugs because of this? It's not like a selling point. Oh, well, all right. Well, let's, um, sometimes, you know, we kind of assume that, you know, you should know why we prefer this. Ha ha ha. Our opinion is important. Um, the difference with having an RCA plug on one side and the 2.1 barrel millimeter, 2.1 millimeter barrel plug on the other side as the chalks cables versus every other power supply cable which has 2.1 millimeter barrel connections on both Each sides <laughs> is that you have it makes your cables that convenient and you have a variety of um straight and right angles that you can simply swap the ends when you need one for the other yeah it's like it's the universal power supply uh input slash output um it's like a, it's the usb almost kind of deal of power <laughs> the usb of, of pedal power connectors yeah why you gotta go and give me you know a lightning connector why it's true everybody was great with usb <laughs> i like apple so, products but yeah i agree with you um so the eventide power max is awesome in my opinion this does not this is this is just on paper um i've never yeah i've seen it in real life but they're they're not released yet um but on paper it's you know it's sliced bread so um my other pick is the uh, low-profile one-spot, the CS6. 
Um, for the price at $130, you've got a really, really solid option. Um, two 500 uh, milliamp outputs. Is that two? Sorry. Uh, yeah, two 500 milliamp outputs, which is um, like we've kind of talked about, yeah. the, the point at which most people get to with a small board where you got two power-hungry pedals. And it gives you everything you need in a nice little package. Price to dollar, price to dollar, price to spec is great. It's a um, great option. Yeah. Um, I would give mention to the Zuma and Ohi that you've already done um, and be happy there. Um, but what do, do you use, Tony? I, well, I do kind of like the Friedman um, giving you a nice number of outputs, 10 yes. of them. And they're all at 350. Um, it's priced a little high. It didn't make our picks because the uh, the value might not be there. Yeah, and it's it's kind of des- also designed for their pedal board, so in a sense, it's proprietary. But it can easily um, be mouthed to anything. Yeah, you know, I mean, I just kind of put my foot in my mouth because I said it's not valued enough, but it really is among it's our sixth scoring pedal. So why are we giving it such a bad rap? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, in all logical pedal sniffers fashion, we should be raving about this number six ranked pedal power supply. I don't know. It's got some, uh, it, we've got bias, uh, but I don't know what it is. We are um, biased. Um, I think it's just a little bit overlooked because, uh, it's a solid choice. Yeah. But Freeman isn't Freeman really isn't known for power supplies, even though they do great ones. Yeah. Um, they in fact talk about the, um, noiselessness of its uh of the power supply itself uh because they say we built it so it can function as a riser which means you could put your noisiest uh sensitive fuzz pedal on it and it won't impact it um that being a factor you know uh shoot i don't know why we we didn't rave about it earlier i I think it's a really good option actually i i I like it a lot i just wish it was a little bit more um to form to the others as far as the footprint and the size of it, the way it's shaped. It would just yeah, make it fo- easier to put on. You're right. If board. you don't have a Friedman board, it might be an issue, um, but you really shouldn't have a problem dealing with it. And it's got the most outputs of our top 10 pedals. So come on. Our top, God, pedals. It's not everything's not pedals, power supply. Are you sure? The most outputs of our top 10. Yeah. Did you just, you resorted them, right? I certainly did. Uh, I would not speak falsehoods of my own making. Oh, wait, give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, solid choice. Oh, dang, you're right. The Mondo is a lot lower than I thought. It makes me sad. Oh, uh, you were asking me, yeah, your Mondo your, that you raved about is the top of, is the bottom of our first tier choices. Um, I personally have a four by four. But it does um, have the most outputs. Mondo has the most outputs save the Phoenix and perhaps the uh, Chocolate. I, I, I'm talking about the top oh, tier. Chocolate's 10. Yeah, gotcha. Um, I've got a Voodoo Labs 4x4 and I have a Voodoo Labs Power 2 Plus. So you like Voodoo Labs. <laughs> well, um, that's less about market pressures and more about um, what's available to me at uh, store less than retail prices <laughs> <laughs> agreed agreed on that um if i was spending my own money at you know at at regular person levels you know regular person apply. levels i love that 
I'm gonna, next time I buy a piece Unprivileged of gear. Unprivileged peeps. <laughs> check your privilege, Tony. No, I'm going to use it as much as I can while I can. Oh, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it, you know, it, it it can't be it can't be understated how much the access to uh, products that I have um, you know or that we have as uh, retail employees how much that impacts some of my purchase decisions. Oh yeah, it's it's a significant uh, factor. I don't own neither of my power supplies are something I couldn't get at work. <laughs> Um, now that's not going to keep me from recommending to you what I think is the best option here. It's just I happen to choose differently because hey, I got it cheaper than yeah. you would have. And that being said, if you find something for a better deal, you probably should go with that um, in accordance to the list we have given you. <laughs> yeah. Um, the more I look over these rankings, the more confident I am in kind of how they place uh, the power supplies we surveyed. I'm not sure um, about the BBE though. The BBE seems a little bit high. Well, it because the price is an important factor. It is. It's the it is. only thing under $100 besides the one spot. Um, it just um, doesn't have the high milliamp things or outputs. So that's yeah. the one limited factor. Yeah, but solid solid choice I for agree. value. Um, so I trust the rankings, um, and I'm, uh, I'm proud of my picks. I, I agree. I think but I like all of our picks, to be honest with you. All right. Um, yeah. Um. Oh, okay. Before we close, there is a uh, troubleshooting episode that we missed uh, in our troubleshooting episode simply because I forgot about it, but is also super relevant to power supplies. That is um, a weird power supply issue that I had with a pedal board that I built for my band's lead guitarist. We were using an EHH. What a noob. He can't even build his own power or pedal board. Hey, if you know, if one of your band members need to build a pedal board, who would they go to? Me, you? but I would also exactly. have them, I would show them so they could do it themselves. Psh, psh, psh. Nah, look, so I just I just I did it for him as a favor, right? I know, I like doing it too. I probably do the same thing. <laughs> I still like uh, making fun of people who can't do it though. Ah, uh, see, you are a pedal sniffer. Oh yeah, I am, absolutely. All right. So, on this pedal board we had a BH BHX EHX B9. Uh, e- Electroharmonics' organ pedal. Um, this is in a series of pedal, the B9, the C9, the Key 9, the Sip Synth 9, nine uh, and the Mellow 9, or oh, that's, the, you know, whatever the Mellotron one is. Um, all of those pedals are use the same engine of, uh, effectively inside, so that's important to the story. Uh, we had a Voodoo Labs Power 2 Plus, I think, on his board, and while it effectively powered everything he had, it had one single problem. When you plugged in the pedal board, everything boot up perfectly except the B9. It wouldn't come on. So it's a sad Why pedal. wouldn't it come on? Why doesn't it come on? Now, if you unplug the power plug from the back of the pedal, not from the power supply, but from the back of the pedal, and you plugged it back in, it would work. It would boot up. Everything would be great. If you powered it, with a wall wart power supply, it was also fine. But when I used the same method to power it with uh, a Walrus Phoenix and a Pedal Train 1250, uh, the same thing happened. When you plug, when you power up the power supply, the B9 would not power on. What a piece so, of garbage, Tony. What happened? 
<laughs> I don't know that you can entirely blame electroharmonics. Well, um, mm. not entirely. You know, it seems to be the only pedal susceptible to this problem. So yeah, maybe. Well, it seems like fault. an engineering fail failure. Yeah, they didn't account for the following, which is on those power supplies I mentioned, like the Voodoo Labs, the uh, uh, Walrus, and the Pedal Train, they all have some kind of, let's call it, um, a startup lag voltage climb. So that when you plug in the power supply, it doesn't immediately provide nine volts. It provides three, then five, then seven, then nine, say, in over the course of a few milliseconds. Something slow enough that the uh, electroharmonics pedal didn't get enough power when it wanted it to, so it couldn't boot up. But once you unplugged the power from the B9 after the power supply itself had booted, and this is minimum, you know, milliseconds we're talking about. Once you unplugged it and plugged it back in again, and the power supply was at full power, the power came, the pedal comes straight up. So. I could go into excruciating detail on how that difficult it was to figure that out. Um, but let's just let it be said that uh, even, you know, great power supplies can have incompatibilities with some kind of something. I, I don't even want to call that incompatibility. I want to call that <laughs> pedal failure. I don't entirely disagree. Because <laughs> that's just, no, what, what other pedal does that, Tony? Name me one. Well, um, I can't prove the negative, but I can't think of another one. So, it's just, it's I'm I'm sorry, electroharmonics, but you, that's just a fail. <laughs> <laughs> so we we bitched and moaned, and we didn't want to record this uh, power supply episode because it was going to be awful. But I hope you got some value out of it. Um, we certainly did. We, I think, learned a lot in the process of what we thought, already thought we knew. I feel like we know everything about power supplies now, Tony. Uh, I'm feeling pretty confident right now. You know, you can never know everything, but I think we know significantly more than we did before. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> um, so with that, then, um, hey, uh, I'm Tony. I am David. And we are the Pedal Sniffers. <laughs>